If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand and the ushers will get one to you. And we're going to John 14 again this morning. John 14 and 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The Amplified says it like this. I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. That's where we're going. It is exciting. Where are we going? He is leading us into the place where He can reveal Himself to us. Where He can manifest Himself to us. Where He can make Himself real to us. This is His desire too. Everybody that's ever tasted of the goodness of the Lord wants more. But He wants more. He wants us to have more. Of him. He wants to see and know more of him. How is that going to happen? We're not just waiting on him to do it. We're not waiting on some special time or special day. He told us how it would happen. How will it happen? We have and we keep his words. That means we respect them, we receive them. We remember them and we, we do them, we practice them. And so we've begun on this journey through the book of John, examining the words of the Master, asking ourselves, do we know who said this? Do we know how important this is? Do we understand this? And are we doing it? Can we do it better? Can we do it more fully? And what will be the result as we do this? He will manifest himself to us. What will that mean? How will that be? That's the thing that I'm really getting stirred about. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I've had some really good times of prayer this past week. Oh, wow. And and it has to do with some of this. Getting glimpses. Of where we're going. You know everything that the Lord has led us to do. In the teaching of the word. In the decisions and the direction. It prepared us for the next thing. You know the way we got to this. Was uh, learning how to be a disciple. Remember that? And we saw that being a disciple. uh, You know culminated in you being a doer of his word. And so now we're into this. And there were things that led up to that. Well where is this taking us? This has taken us into the manifestations of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The manifestations of God. It's God being made known to us. God being revealed to us. God being real to us. Is anything you desire more? I don't know of anything. 
Mrs. Well, we want to see the lost saved. Friend, this is it. People have tried to substitute some human efforts to get people saved, but it just doesn't work like the original plan. What original plan? Go into all the world and proclaim the good news. So the preaching and teaching is involved, but that's not all. So what the Bible says, so they went everywhere. You remember the story? So they did what he said. They went everywhere and they preached the word. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word. With signs following. What was happening? He was manifesting himself. Oh, hallelujah. You see it in the book of Acts. He manifested himself in healings and deliverances and some amazing things. I mean, not just healings and deliverance, but some amazing things. You just have to say supernatural, spiritual, powerful. And people heard about these things and they came by the thousands and hundreds of thousands. And they flocked and so then they could hear the word. Friend, even people who think they don't believe in God, when they hear and see the reality of God, they'll come a-running. They've heard men talk, and they've heard the ideas of men, and the traditions of men, and religion of men, and that, you know, I'm not interested in that myself. I'm a preacher. Right? Not surprised. Unsaved people are not interested in that. <laughs> Oh, but when God is really there, when he really reveals himself, really does things, powers man, and it will be supernatural. Somebody say supernatural. It will be super, it is supernatural, and it will be supernatural. And it will be God revealing himself. Now, will he reveal himself to everybody? No. He's also a God who hides himself. We've already been through this. Who does he reveal himself to? Those that believe in him and love him. How do we know who those are? It's the ones who keep his words and treasure them and practice them and live by them. What will happen again when we do that? Say it out loud. He will reveal himself, manifest himself. Make himself real real. to us, us. to me. me. Are we in faith about this, saints? This is where we're headed. This is where we are. And this is where we're going. Go to John, the fifth chapter, please. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) How many know that there's no way we do what he said... And he's not going to reveal himself to us. Heaven and earth could pass away. But this word's got to happen. And if he said he's going to reveal himself to us. As surely as we do it. He will. Reveal himself to us. And it comes in so many different ways. He reveals himself in so many ways. In this chapter we get some insight. Into some ways. That he reveals himself John chapter 5, are you there? John 5, verse 1. After these things, after this, 
There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda means house of kindness or house of mercy. That lets you know already what you're going to see. And verse 3, in these, in these five porches around this pool, lay, so most of them were laying, laying down on the ground, on their little cots and pallets and mats, a great multitude, not just five, ten, or twenty, or a hundred people, a great multitude, I reckon thousands, of impotent people, blind people, halt people, withered people, waiting, somebody say waiting, waiting, waiting for the moving of the water. If all these people are out here waiting for the water to move, what would you conclude? That the water has moved before. It must have happened more than once. Everybody's expecting it to move again. That's why they wouldn't be all out there waiting. And it tells us what's been happening. Verse 4, for an angel went down. You believe in angels? Yeah. Are angels real? Yeah. They're real. They're spiritual. They're spirits. But they're real. God is a spirit. God is spirit. And he's called the father of spirits. And you'll see the Bible talks about Unclean spirits, evil spirits, wicked spirits. The Bible talks about angels who are ministering spirits. They're actually sent to minister for those of us who shall be heirs of salvation. They're sent to help us. Thank God. They're real. And the Bible talks about human spirits. The spirits of just men made perfect. People that are, even though they're no longer on the earth, they're still spirits. And of course, the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in the realm of spirits? You believe this is all real? That there are angels, wicked spirits, human spirits that no longer in their body, but they exist just as much as you do. Well, so much of the world tries to live like this doesn't exist. And particularly people in so-called civilized, educated societies. You start talking about spirits, and they look at you like, oh, you mean symbolic, figurative? You talking about mythology? No, I'm talking about spirits. <laughs> Real, just as real as you are. Angels are real. Wrong spirits are real. People have left this life and left this earth. They're real. You are a spirit. But too many live in an oblivious state where the realm of spirits is concerned. You read the Bible, and I mean it's full of the supernatural. Isn't it? Full. Full. I mean, from the beginning to the end. Full 
of amazing things, miracles, signs, things that you can't explain. Things you don't understand. Spirit things. And somewhere or another people have tried to explain it away and say, well, yeah, but now we have the complete printed book and, and we don't really need those things. Oh, no, no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Realm of spirits is just as real as it's always been and affects everything we do, whether you acknowledge it or not. And some people, they ignore this completely and get in the ditch on that side. And others, they come out of that ditch and go across the road to the other ditch. The ditch of emphasizing wrong spirits. There is spiritual that is not God. Just because something is spiritual and just because it's real doesn't make it God. And so you see people that all they want to talk about is demon spirits. And they glorify and magnify that side of it. Or they talk too much about angels to the point of virtually worshiping them. Everything's mystical. And they see a demon and a devil behind every bush and under every rock. And what they teach and what they do produces fear. An environment of fear. And that alone lets you know it's wrong. So the Lord's bringing us in to the manifestation of himself. That means a manifestation of the spiritual. Because God is spirit. And his Holy Spirit is obviously spirit. And his angels are spirits. So if he's going to manifest himself to us, you and I are going to get an increased introduction <laughs> to the realm of spirits. To his realm. The realm of his spirit. Like we said, you don't just want to be spiritual. You want to be spiritual in God's spiritual things. You don't just want power. You don't just want to feel and know power. You want to know God's power. Come on, saints, are you with me now? You don't just want to have experiences. You don't just want to have visions and dreams. You don't just want to hear voices. I mean, there's people that hear some bad voices and they can't even operate anymore. There's spiritual stuff that's real, but it's not God. And a lot of times people, they hear that and they think that and they believe that and they go, ooh, I know. I don't want to mess with any of that. Just, can't we just preach a nice little message and, and keep going? What do we got to talk about all that? Because this is what's real. And if we're going to come into a life of power, we have to quit being so natural and quit being completely dominated by the natural. And by the carnal. And God has to open our eyes and our ears. We have to live with an increased awareness. Of the spiritual. And there's nothing to fear. I said there's nothing to fear. There's everything to be excited about. Now if something really is. God spiritual. It really is God's spirit. God's angel. 
a human spirit speaking by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit manifesting or doing something. I've seen this, and I believe you can mark it down in everything that you've, you've ever seen a manifestation of God. These two keys will be evident. Number one, it will honor and glorify Jesus, the Word. Jesus is the Word. The written Word reveals the living Word. So I'm saying it will honor and glorify the Word equals it will honor and glorify Jesus. That's different from honoring and glorifying a demon. Demons want you to talk about them so they can instill fear. It's sad that so many Christians are duped and deceived. They think they're more spiritual than other people because they see demons everywhere. And it's actually their spiritual pride that is leaving the door open for these things to manifest. You know the basic way Jesus dealt with wrong spirits? Yeah, you've been here before, haven't you? (laughs) Two basic things. You see it over and over again. What did he tell them? Shut up. Come out. Was he afraid of them? Did he want to have long, protracted, drawn-out conversations about, Ooh, I think there's a spirit here. Ooh, ooh. There's little whip demons all over the place. They're all over the place. It's no big deal. If you won't yield to them, if you won't give place to them, it's like they're behind a plate glass. They want to say and do stuff, but you're giving them no place. You get in fear. You start talking about them. You start thinking about them. You'll start having manifestations, and it's your own dumb fault. And some of these people, they think they're so much more spiritual than other people because they got all these demonic manifestations. They do. They think it's because, well, I'm just, you know, it's either they're so much more spiritual and so much more aware or their ministry and their call is so important that half of hell has been assigned to me. (laughs) Sorry to break it to you, honey, but what you're doing just ain't that important. If that was true, then the people that God is using to get the most done would have the most demonic problems. And to hear a lot of them talk, demons can't bother them. They don't even slow them down. Let's get a revelation. I'm giving two things now. If it's God and it's right, spiritual and supernatural, what number one thing will you see and know? It will glorify Jesus, the Word. If it glorifies a demon, it's not right. I don't care what kind of experience you had. I don't care what you heard. It doesn't matter what you saw and how real it was. doesn't make it God. Some things should be resisted, shut down, forbidden. Others should be yielded to. The Holy Spirit should be yielded to, given place to, responded to. 
There is that which is spiritual and it's real, but it's wrong and it'll glorify demons, it'll magnify demons, or it'll glorify angels and magnify them, or it'll glorify people, human spirits, and it'll make too much of them. And it's spiritual. There are people who have ministries and their main thing is that they're always telling people What's wrong with them? And they're telling things. And there, there is a word of knowledge. But some of these people have a wrong spirit. It's a familiar spirit. And. How can you tell that it's a wrong spirit? It draws attention to them. How spiritual they are. How anointed they are. How amazing they are. Anytime you see that, it's wrong. I don't care who it is. I don't care what they're doing. It's wrong when it magnifies a man and draws attention to the man or the woman. So number one, if it's really God, spiritual and supernatural, it'll glorify Jesus. It'll glorify and magnify the Word and honor the Word. Number two, it will help people. How many know God is love? And when he's doing, if he's manifest, like this angel right here. Did this angel come down here to draw attention to himself? No. No. And what, what he's doing, did it just leave everybody awestruck in fear about there's a supernatural? Now, put yourself in the, in the place here. You're sitting here under the porch. Ain't a breeze blowing. Not a breeze. The pool looks like a mirror. And all at once, there's this huge commotion in the pool. And ain't no human in the pool. What would happen? This is supernatural. Are we ready for this? <laughs> you should see some of the looks I'm getting across the crowd. Like, I don't know if I am. <laughs> this is the plan of God to take us into the place where we can have some things like this. Amen. Where God can reveal Himself by His Spirit, by His angels, by the gifts of His Spirit. And yet, it will not draw attention to men and women, or demons, or angels. It will glorify Him. And it will help people. People who don't know Him will come to Him. People that were away from him will come back. People will get healed. People will get delivered. If it really is God, it's not just to go, ooh, somebody will get helped. Real answers will come. Now, one reason I'm saying is because it's already happening, and it's always been that way, that the devil is a deceiver, and he tries to mimic and mock what God does. And he's spiritual and he can do supernatural stuff. If people will focus on him enough and give place to him enough, he can. I mean, there's some bizarre stuff goes on in the world. Stuff people don't like to think about. Things you can't explain. Things you can't figure out. Things you can't put under the microscope. It's spiritual and it's real. But it's just a poor, poor substitute of the real thing. We've got the real one. We've got the greater one. 
But having the greater one, we ought not be so dull that we won't even give place for him to do anything supernatural in our midst. Because we're so intellectual and we're so closed down. We've got to open up. I said we've got to open up. Not to just anything. But open up to him. Open up to the spiritual of him. Why would we be talking about this? <laughs> God's getting us ready. Right? Somebody said, I had a vision. I saw an angel. I heard a voice. This is, well, we don't just cut them off and go, that can't happen. We know it can happen. But our next thing is we want to know is, is it God? Well, it's so-and-so. It has to be God. No, no. We're taught to judge things. We judge them by the Word. And we got the same Spirit in us. We'll have a witness if it's Him. And these two things we've talked to you, you'll see it again and again. If it's really Him, everything, everything about it will point to Jesus. Everything about it will point to Him, not magnifying a demon, not magnifying an angel, not magnifying a human. Magnifying him. And it'll help somebody. Somebody's going to get helped. Genuinely. Something no man could do for him. I mean the angel would come down. And stir the water up. They couldn't see him. One reason they can't see him. He don't want them to see him. He don't want them looking at him. He wants them thinking about God. Stirs that water up. It's churning. And oh man. It was like turtles. <laughs> Everybody trying to get in the water. <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. All over the pool. But only the first one in. Only the first one in got healed. But the first one in, it didn't make any difference. If they had AIDS, if they were birth defects, it last stage of cancer made no difference at all. How many understand with the power of God, it doesn't make any difference what's wrong with it. People in their head think it does, but it doesn't make any difference with the power of God. Now let's keep going. Verse 5, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. Sick. I don't know how many years he'd been coming out to this pool. How long had this been going on? I don't know. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he'd been now a long time in that case, he said to him, Will you be made whole? That might seem like a strange question to ask a man that's been sick for 38 years. But Jesus doesn't ask unnecessary questions. Did it have anything to do with his will? Now you can see from the man's response, he's not thinking it does. And that's the sad case. So many times people think, well, it's not up to me. I can't fix this. I can't do anything about this. And yet, again and again and again, we can do something that can initiate it. That can put, I mean, you know, you can't heal yourself, but you can sure believe God. And so really again and again, when things happen, you look back and realize you thought you were waiting on him or waiting on somebody else, but you really weren't. Yeah, you couldn't do it. You couldn't meet your need. You couldn't produce the money. You couldn't heal your body. 
But you were waiting to do the thing. You thought you were waiting on him. He's waiting on you to do the thing that you can do that will open the door for him to do the thing you can't do. Will you be made whole? How many got a heart you'd say, yeah, I will. I will to be whole. I will to be prosperous. I will. I will give God my will. I will set myself in motion. I will be willing to do what I can do. I'll be willing to do my part. Well, that is not what he answered. He didn't answer that. Will you be made whole? What did the man tell him? The impotent man, the sick man, weak man said, Sir, I have no man. Like we've said before, he was singing the blues. (laughs) Ain't God nobody. To help me. Now I don't know how long he's been out there. But I guess he's got several verses for this song. (laughs) But it all boils down to. Ain't got. Nobody. To help me. If somebody would just help me. Did the Lord ask him if he had somebody? Then what's he talking about? He ain't got nobody. I have no man. No one. When the water is troubled. To put me in the pool. But while I'm coming. Now come on. You need to put yourself in this man. He's been this way for 38 years. Wonder how he's telling this story. (laughs) I ain't got nobody. Every time. The water stirs. I try. But I can't get there. Because you see I'm, I'm in this state. Somebody always. Jumps in ahead of me. If I just had. Somebody. If somebody. You know I try to get my kin folks. To help me. But they won't help me. I tried to get them over to church there. I mean, you know, my family been going over there for three generations. You think they'd help somebody? But no. They... <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you can hear the music almost, can't you? <laughs> I won't try to sing that song. I... <laughs> I don't want to learn that song. I don't want to know that. There's some songs. Now get this, there's some songs your soul wants to sing. The the blues, the sorrow, the wallowing in it. There's something your soul likes about that. Oh, don't look at me like that. You know it's true. You know it's something your soul likes about that. Why do people want to go to horror pictures? And pay money for somebody to scare them. Why? Why do people pay good money to go and see sad, sad shows? So I can't figure this out. I mean, there was some kind of little romantic show the other day. I guess it's been months ago or so. We were watching it. And they're all set to live happily ever after. Boom! The guy gets killed. I thought, What? What? This is a movie. We could have ended this thing any way we want to. 
You're going to do this? Man, if I want to deal with that, I can just look out the door in real life. And <laughs> right? Have to believe God to overcome. Why do people? But, but now come on, think about it. This was real popular when there's been many like them. Why? Why? Because people would get to that certain place and then they go, Oh, they would cry. I'd use up half box Kleenex. There's something your soul likes about that. Your soul likes to wallow around in that. Oh, but it's dangerous. I said it's dangerous. That's the way to go down and stay down. It's also an excuse to never accomplish anything. He's been 38 years. I reckon he don't hold a job. He's not getting anything done. But you know you don't have to. What you doing today? I'm going to the pool. <laughs> going to the pool. Yeah. You know I got a lot of friends down there. At the pool. What do y'all do all day at the pool? Well you know. We sing. We hang out. We talk. Don't have to work. Not to do anything. See, it's easy to get used to that lifestyle. Isn't it? It's easy to get used to it and get dependent on everybody else. And nobody's expecting anything of you. You can get used to that. No expectations. Nobody expecting you to produce anything. So you can just go to the pool every day. <laughs> what you doing at the pool? Ah, we waiting. Waiting on the angel at the pool. Well, you know, what do you think is going to happen? You got all these people hanging around at the pool every day. You know some vendors done come and set up out there. <laughs> They're selling grilled cheese and root beer and <laughs> hot dogs, right? <laughs> selling umbrellas and sunscreen and... <laughs> Come on. Huh? I mean, this is business. I mean, so you go out, you know, and eat grilled cheese with your friends and hang out by the pool. I mean, it ain't fun to be sick, but you know, other than that, it's a life of Riley, man, out by the pool. And, but come on now, stay with me. Whose fault is it? Ain't got nobody. Nobody. He he thinks he's waiting on somebody so he can be healed. Doesn't he? What the Lord asked him? The Lord didn't ask him, you want me to get somebody for you? You want me to find somebody? What did he say? Will you be made whole? When, when's he talking about being made whole? He's talking about right now. After 38 years of hanging out by the pool. Or whatever, how long it was. Right, will you be made whole? He said, what? I ain't got nobody. And the Lord looked at him and he said, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> Throw that little mat on your back and get out of here. Get up. And glory to God, immediately. The man was made whole. 
took up his bed and walked. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. Come on, think about 38 years you've been like this. And here you are walking. Healthy. Free. Pain free. After 38 years, you're free. How many of it doesn't make any difference how long you've been that way? You can still be healed. I don't care how bad it is, how impossible, how incurable it's said to be. You can be healed. You can still be healed. I don't care who prayed for you, how long it's been. You can still be healed. You can still be healed. Glory to God. Well, the Jewish leaders got really upset. Because he healed on the wrong day. And they stopped him. They said, what you doing with that mattress on your back? He said, well, this guy told me to get up and take this mattress. And man, I got healed. And I, you know, I've been over by the pool for 38 years. But they said, who told you? Who told you to, to do that? Now, this is dishonesty. It's nothing but dishonesty. You standing there looking at a miracle. And you want to holler about somebody toting their mattress. You're a hypocrite. Hmm? You're just mad because your church didn't do it. You're just upset. Because this is messing up your doctrine. That the day of miracles has passed away. And it ain't for everybody. This is messing up your preaching. Anybody that cares anything about people. They should have been jumping up and down. This man 38 years. 38 years, there he is healed. He should have been hollering up and down, going, glory to God, glory to God. Tell me why you've been healed. 38 years. But no, 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 who want to know? You can't do this on the Sabbath day. You, who told you? Now notice this, religion always, always will tell you what you can't do and how you can't do it. It's a bunch of do-nothing, isn't it? But God's going to tell you what you can do, how all things are possible, anything's possible to them that believe. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm glad I came this morning. I'm just preaching myself happy. (laughs) And I know where we're going. I'm getting glimpses of where we're going. I mean, I I am not going to be surprised at all when the waters start moving. I know some people will think it's strange. They go, ooh. That's strange. All we want to know is, is it God? That's it. We know God is supernatural. We know he's a spirit. We know his angels are spirits. We know he does miracles. Supernatural. Spiritual things. So we ought not fall off our chair when something supernatural happens. And spiritual or even spectacular happens. Right? We best get ready for it. All we want to know is what? Is it God? We know supernatural things happen. All we want to know is, is it God? How are we going to know it's God? 
It will honor and glorify Jesus, the Word. It'll be in line with this Word. It won't argue with it or be crosswise with it or make little of it. It'll honor it, glorify it, confirm it. What else will happen? Come on, tell me what else will be going on. People will be getting genuinely helped, really helped, genuinely helped, saved, healed, delivered, restored. Glory to God. Filled. Blessed. It's kind of like, I forget who it was that minister kind of reminds me of us. I mean, they were preaching and teaching and believing God and believing God and the power began to fall. Well, man, this was strange to them. They had never seen or heard this before. One of their uh, most faithful elders and saints fell off the chair. Boom. Fell in the floor under the power of God. And oh, man, everybody was alarmed. The pastor said, is there a doctor in the house? (laughs) They rushed over and examined him and they said, he seems to be fine. What's wrong with him? We don't know. This is brand new to him. And some other people are kind of alarmed and they go, ooh, this is spiritual, you know. Who's doing this? And this fellow, he's, thank God he had some wisdom. You know, we don't know much. And a lot of times, you know, I know Brother Hagin working with him for several years. Some things would begin to happen sometimes. And he'd look at us and he'd say, I don't know what's going to happen next. Because <laughs> we're looking at him like, what do we do now? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but we really should not be so concerned about that. All we want to know is, is it God? That's all we need to know. And when we know that, we yield to it. We yield to it. Go with it. Let him go. And uh, lay it in the floor. He said, well, I'll tell you this. Because they want to know, what is this? Is this the devil? Is this God? He said, well, whoever did it will get the glory out of it. So they just all sat there and watched him. In a few minutes, he threw up his hand. He said, oh, glory to God. He said, it's God. <laughs> First thing the man said, glory to God. Glory to God. And he could tell it was the Spirit of God and God's worshiping. <laughs> it's God. Oh, thank you, Master. Just notice how Jesus did this. Keep reading. They told him in verse 10, they said, It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Verse 11, he said, Well, he that made me whole is the same one that told me to take up my bed and walk. They said, What man is that that told you to take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed wished not who it was. He didn't know who it was. I said he didn't know who it was. You know why he didn't know who it was? Because Jesus did not draw attention to himself. He's operating as a man. And you see beginning in this fifth chapter. And we won't have time to get to all of it today. But I mean it. You just see it in the sixth chapter. You see it in the eighth chapter. In the seventh chapter. You see it in the twelfth chapter. Again and again. Him saying things like this. I can of my own self do nothing. Didn't Jesus say that? I came down from heaven not to do my own will. But the will of him that sent me. I only do what I see the father do. And I only say what I hear him say. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself. Did he say it? Did he say, I can of myself do nothing? I can't do anything of myself. Did he say it? He said it. 
And this is one of the biggest things I've learned concerning the supernatural and the spirit. I know when I first started in this, I believed in the power of God. I believed in the supernatural. And I'm hungry for it. So I'm seeking it. I prayed. I fasted till none of my pants would fit me anymore. I did. Wouldn't hurt me to do that again. And, and sought the Lord and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You know one of the biggest things I got out of it? A revelation that I don't need to be seeking the supernatural. I don't need to be seeking power. I need to be seeking God. Well, see, I called myself doing that, and yet I'm off track some. I'm, what's the word, infatuated with the spiritual. That's a common thing with people that's real young in the Lord. Infatuated with the supernatural. The spectacular, particularly. See, there's a lot of things supernatural, but they're not spectacular. They're amazing, and they're spiritual, but a lot of people don't even know they're happening. And they happen in such a way that it's not a lot of fanfare with it. Can you see this with Jesus? Five porches full of multitudes of people out there around the spectacular setting where the angel comes down once in a while. Jesus comes to town. He gets a word. He gets a directive. He slips in. He talks to this man. Man pops up healed. Jesus disappears. Oh, come on. Can you see this? He's gone. Man don't even know his name. Don't even know who he is when they asked him. Is this our example? Is this our example? Oh, see, so many preachers would have started a denomination right there on the spot. <laughs> They'd have tried to use the situation for their advantage, for publicity. And this is the very reason why a lot of things have started and then just fizzled. God had begun to move in a place. He'd begin to do things. And then everybody wants to jump up and take credit for it. People have fallen and been snared by this again. And I mean singers, players. I mean this is one of the biggest hindrances in the whole thing. Singer get up and the anointing come on them. And everybody go ooh and ah. And then they think there's something now. And from then on, it just gets deader and deader. They keep trying to hit high notes, and they keep trying to play fancy licks, and they keep trying to make it happen, and you can't make it happen. It ain't you. It wasn't you that time. And you didn't have enough sense to realize it wasn't you. I'm believing God to have some sense. And not get deceived and duped. And when God does something, we're going to say it's God. And we're going to get out of his way. And if somebody tries to jump up and take the credit, we're going to say, uh-uh. No, you sit down. <laughs> and if they don't like it, tough. And if I need to, I'll set myself down. I'm serious. I'll say, I need to go fast and pray some. You know, you don't know until you've been in some of these situations. It's easy to talk and say when it doesn't apply to you. In that specific area. There's been some occasions in the past. Where that God's done something through us. And it was him. It was him. And everybody knew it was him. That was in the service. And I wound up in a situation where I was out in the open. 
That's one reason why I like to keep to myself some. Some people don't understand it. But I've been in situations where you had a thousand people come by and tell you how wonderful you are. And I know they meant well. But you just don't need to hear that that much. Do you all understand this or not? I know they meant well. But some of them in their ignorance. I've had people grab my hand and say, oh, Brother Keith, thank you for healing me. I said, no, brother, no. But they mean well, but they just are totally ignorant of what's going on and what's happening. And you say, no, no, I'm not the healer. No, I didn't heal you. But there are times that so much of that has happened. So you see so many people and so much of that is said until I felt like, man, I need to get away. I need to get away and put my nose in the carpet. And I lay there. I've done it. And I say, Lord, I know what all these folks said. And I know they don't know any better. But I just want you to know that I know. (laughs) I know that I'm nothing without you. I know that. I can do nothing without you. I've got nothing without you. If we can grow in this. I'm not not just me, but you. If all of us can grow in this, I'm telling you, God's going to begin to manifest himself in our midst. Not just in our church, in our services. In your house. In your house. In your bedroom in the nighttime. Come on. In your living room. In your car. God can do things with you. Question is, can you handle it? What will you do with it? Will you get to thinking you're so super spiritual? You get to thinking, this is one of the biggest, after what our 30 years now, this is one of the biggest things I'm seeing. It's not about us. It's not us that does this. Nobody's got the power. Nobody's going to get the power to do it. God manifests through whomever he chooses. And it's him that does it. And if until he gives it to you, you don't have it. And when he does it, it's him. Oh, can you see this, friends? Jesus is the perfect example. He comes in here. He's got faith, special faith, we'd call it. And he's got word of knowledge. He knew this man. This man has been like this a long time. How did he know that? Word of knowledge. And then the faith came up in him. He didn't have that for everybody. What about all these other people? They could all have been healed by faith, but this is a power manifestation. This is a sign. You can see God used this to shake up the whole religious hierarchy, didn't he? The whole town. This is a sign. This is a wonder. But he slips in there. He ministers to this man, and he slips out of the crowd. Men don't even know his name. Could God use you like that? And you'd be happy at the house. You're seeing the miracle on the news. And they're trying to find out who it was. And you just laugh and go, ha ha, they won't find out from me. <laughs> oh, come on, are y'all listening or not? There's a miracle. There's a miracle. People are talking about it everywhere. And they go, who was that man? Who was that woman? And you're sitting there going, hee hee hee. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them. Why? Because it wasn't you. It wasn't you that did it. He just used you. And so they don't need to know. They don't need to see. It would only hinder the next manifestation. The next move. Oh, friends, are you with me? So many times God has started things. 
He started moving. He started doing things. And so many times people have messed it up and just shut it down and just ruined it. Getting God to move is not the big deal. He's always wanting to move. He's always ready. The thing is some people that will cooperate with him, not get in his way, not try to take credit for it. You believe God could do that with us, that we could? Hmm? Can we, can we stay in reality, stay in humility enough to walk in the truth? Thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me read these verses to you, and then I think we can close for now. And yet we, you know, we close, but we don't close. I mean, it's not over when you walk out of these doors. These kind of things we're believing to happen for God to reveal himself to us, not just to me. Not just to the preachers or the singers or prayers, to everybody. Remember God talking to Ananias? We talked about this a while back. He said, Ananias. He said, Behold, I'm here. Told him about Saul. Sent him over there and told him what to do. Got this man filled with the Spirit, healed, got his sight restored. Who is Ananias? He's not an apostle. He's not a prophet. He's not a pastor. Who is he? Bible said he's a disciple. Isn't this what we've been talking about for months, us being disciples? Are you a disciple? Yes. He could talk to you tonight. If he wanted to. Couldn't he? Are you ready? He could call your name. Give you a word of knowledge. Tell you where something's going on, what to do, how to go, what to do. This is God revealing himself to us. Showing himself to us, making himself real to us. Do we really want it? Are we ready for it? It's going to be strange in some ways. Some of these things, we'll, we'll look at them, you know. Come on, think about it. The water starts moving by itself. You say, don't freak out. He does this sometimes. See, this sounds bizarre to millions of church going forward because you don't really believe in the, oh yeah, we really do. And he still does these kind of things. What scripture did Jesus have for spitting in the dirt and sticking that in people's eyes? (laughs) Sometimes he just spit straight on. I'm talking about what the denominations would say. They say, oh, that can't be God. It It was God in the flesh. Wasn't it? How could we tell it was God? It glorified the word. It glorified his father. Right? And it helped them. They got healed. Right? I mean, you think that guy cared 15 minutes after his eyes opened? That there was still some spit on his face. Do you think he cared? <laughs> he probably come back and told Jesus, you spit on me anytime. <laughs> anytime. You spit on me, you just spit away. What are we saying? We've got to be open. We've got to open our minds and open our hearts to some things happening that we've never had happen before. Maybe never even heard of happening before. Supernatural. Unexplainable. Spiritual. Real. Hmm? We've got to be open to these things. Hallelujah. And so it'll be. 
Stand upon your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and hearts and begin to praise him. Focus on him and off of me, off of yourself. Focus on him for a few moments here. Just lift up your hands. Oh, we worship you, Master. We worship you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. Oh, Lord, we desire. We desire your presence. We desire your power. We desire you. You, you, you. Not just any spirit. You. We desire you, not just any working and wonder, but you, that which is of you. We desire it in Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.